All right, here we go. Uncle Marv podcast, April 25th, 2022. Hello again, friends. Marvin B. here with another episode of the Uncle Marv podcast. You probably thought that I had pod faded, but no, that is not the case. In fact, I am back with a vengeance. I have my good friend, Ellen Aiken, in the house. Ellen, how are you? Uncle Marv, I am great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Oh, man. So, ladies and gentlemen... Thank you. If you are tuning in and watching the show, already have a hello from Elise Roth Tedeschi in the Please. house. Hello, hello. And thank you. This is the live show that we try to do every now and then. And we will be coming back on a much more regular basis. I'll talk about that just a little bit later. So tonight, I'm going to chat with Ellen, who is a good friend going way back and as we were 1972 or something (laughs) we we, we were talking before the show uh our our glory basketball days in delora junior high that's right and student council and the spirit club and all all those crazy things (laughs) spirit club yeah yeah and so that's so we met did we meet because of basketball, I'm trying to remember. I think pretty much we met because of basketball, for sure. Because we, that's where we spent most of our time together. Yeah, you know, well, we played the same position and had the same number, I think, for a couple mm-hmm. of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. you you were the star. I was not. I couldn't even make the varsity team by the time we got to satellite. The team was so good. I wasn't remember? the star. I was one of a few stars. <laughs> I didn't make it my entire year at satellite either. I actually... Uh, for lack of a better phrase, left the team my senior year. Don't remember that. I know. I, most... know I, I did play through my senior year, but I remember the first two years was like JV because we had like what the state championship mm-hmm. team, like those rock stars that <laughs> none of us could compete with. That's and right. then I have to also compete with Karen Horak, who was awesome. Uh, you know, she wasn't at uh, Delora. So. Miss Horak, a satellite legend. that's right right. yeah you had the misfortune of so probably your entire life you had let's see did you try to play softball with the satellite mets you know i couldn't play softball because i played baseball as a really little girl i played baseball in all boys league and then when i tried to play softball i sucked because i was so used to throwing a baseball and swinging the bat too fast. I never could. I tried to play because I wanted to fit in more. You know, I was playing baseball through like the, I played the first year I moved to satellite beach and I had a little boyfriend on the other team and I struck him out a few times and then he dumped me. I was going to say, <laughs> he probably wasn't your boyfriend for long. <laughs> yeah, he dumped me. So I tried to, you know, fit in, you know, and play softball with the other girls. And I just sucked. I was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have been tough anyway. Those girls were World yeah. champions. They were pretty hardcore, yeah. <laughs> for like eight years running or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so between that, softball, basketball, they they uh, they dominated. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons Satellite Beach was on the map. <laughs> yeah, the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So it was a wonderful place to grow up. My mom and I just were there last week and or actually this past weekend and just were reminiscing about what a great place to grow up. It really was. Now, you mentioned that you moved to Satellite Beach. I think a lot of us did. My excuse was that my dad was in the military. What caused you to move to Satellite Beach? Well, I was actually born on Patrick Air Force Base. And we moved, my dad was in the Air Force, and we moved to Germany. And we were there for six years, and then we moved to Germany. And then we moved to, got stationed in Maxwell in Alabama, and we were there. My dad retired in 80 and wanted to move back. And actually, you know, I... Satellite Beach is the largest Air Force retirement community, or at least it used to be in the United States. So they had all these friends they had known their whole, you know, career, um, you know, since he, you know, back in the early 60s that he had uh, been with. So uh, that's why they wanted to go back there. And that's why we ended up there. And so. Yeah, that is odd, because I always ask the question when I hear people that move there, I'm like, you're either born there or you move there because of the Air Force or the space program or something. I just, I couldn't imagine people moving to Satellite Beach. But Well, it's, it's a small place, right? It's kind yep. of, you have to kind of know where it is to, to get there. But it's, uh, you know, my dad said he would never live in cold weather again. He was from Illinois, and he had no desire to move anywhere but the warmest place he could find. So. Well, I guess that makes sense because when, you, when your high school is, what, a block from the beach? Mm-hmm. you get used to that you know but i didn't appreciate it did you appreciate it as much like i love the beach so much more now than when i lived there i appreciated it one summer when i pre- <laughs> when i pretended to be a surfer <laughs> oh yeah i tried that too that was terrible <laughs> and uh put sun in in my hair to make it look like i was you oh, know my- in the beach <laughs> no you didn't i did I, mean, I put sun in, in my hair but i'm trying to visualize the Beautiful orange color that must have made for you. Yeah, that, that was not a good look for me. I, luckily, it was over the summer and was gone by the time the school year started. Yeah. I want, if anybody out there has pictures, I want them now. I <laughs> don't them. think anybody does. Oh. Although we can ask Kenneth Gleason. He's in the chat asking if we remember him. And the, the answer is yes, Ken. Now, of course, I may not remember very specific incidents. But I, I remember names. There you go. Sometimes not with the right face. <laughs> oh, my. We got to have lunch recently, which was great. We did. I was going to yeah. say, well, let's uh, talk about that. I did get to see you after all those years of saying that I'm going to come up. I'm going to visit your restaurant. We're going to hang mm-hmm. out. It was, wasn't until, you know, after COVID that I got up there. Yeah. And, of course, I squeezed your lunch in with other people. But, uh, but that was great. I got to, you know, see Renee and then meet some of your friends, which was great. So, yeah. So beginning of December, I forgot. Where did we go? That was a nice Bones. restaurant. <laughs> Bones. That's right. That's right. I should start doing a little travel log about these restaurants because that was a good restaurant. Yeah. Bones is very, has been in Atlanta a long time. It's pretty famous restaurant here. It seemed pretty uh, prestigious when we walked in. I, I felt a little, for sure. I felt a little underpaid. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, not underpaid, underdressed. Yeah, I don't think I saw any female servers. I, I, I don't think they can get away with this, but supposedly they have no female servers, or they didn't at one time. I, they might now, but and those servers are made like seventy, eighty thousand 80000 a year. I mean, it's, it's a nice restaurant. Yeah, and I was, I was a little worried at first when I walked in there. I'm like, oh, this looks like the type of place where I may not be welcome. <laughs> yeah, well, 
<laughs> I don't want to speak for other people, <laughs> but uh, probably traditionally you probably weren't. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, I, I wouldn't say so now, but at least you know, asked. I definitely was very. I did, yes, I did notice there were uh, a preponderance of Caucasians. Let's put it that way. Yep. The uh, Elise asked the question, who paid? And it was a very interesting thing. It was actually a Dutch meeting, although I paid at the at the time and everybody slipped me off a little something on the backside. So I appreciate that because I've been meaning to ask you, did I send you enough money? No. (laughs) (laughs) I left before the bill. You know, I, I tried to, you know, skate, but. My guilt got the better of me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it was good. It was good. It was a great meal. It was good to see you. Uh, good to see Renee. And then my other friend, Marky Mark uh, Menlin from Junior Achievement was there. And I've had them on a podcast. And you're the last of that bunch to get on a podcast. Well, I'm flattered. Thank you, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So you snuck into Florida. And didn't let me know. You want to tell us about that? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, what? This past week? My <laughs> daughter, uh, my, I'm sorry, my uh, niece was in a play. That's why I went down there, Lucy's daughter, who's going to be going to Oglethorpe here in Atlanta. And uh, she was starring in her school play. So I drove my mom down there. And really, one of the reasons I haven't gone, and Marvin knows this, I haven't gone back to work. I lost my job back in October of 2020, but I've moved my mom here from California and we've been spending a lot of time together. So I drove her down there and we went and had lunch with a, a lot of um, women that, because uh, I think all the men are dead. <laughs> a lot of her old friends, teachers, and people that I've known my whole life. And then we went over to Orlando and saw my sister and saw my niece in the play. And it was it was great, and uh, she's uh, she's like I said, she's going to Oglethorpe. My nephew is going to be going to U of F, and uh, sorry to hear that. I mean, he is going to U of F. Yeah, I, uh, you, not me too. You know, I'm a Florida State girl, so I was bummed out about that. But uh, that's where his dad went, so that's why he's there. One of the reasons. But uh, they're doing well, and Lucy's doing well, and yeah, it was good to be in Florida. I just saw Karen was really the only person I saw from high school. Um, and uh, last time I was down, I had lunch uh, with, I had brunch with Tina Veltri. But, uh, you know, I haven't really done the best job of keeping in touch with a lot of people. Facebook's definitely helped with that. Yes. You know, but I don't even know who's hanging out in Satellite Beach still, you know. So, so there is a crew there, and I'm not going to mention names because I'll probably forget somebody and then I will get yeah. chastised. But there is, there is a large contingent, and people are moving back. Can they afford to buy anything there right now? It's getting it's going nuts. Also. I don't know, but I'm not I'm not moving back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just, it was a nice place to grow up. But I I need I like to go to concerts too much. Like Jack White's here uh, for three nights at the Tabernacle. The next three nights, you know, and I'm hoping I can make at least two of those shows. Who, Jack <laughs> White? Like who's Jack, Jack White? White from the White Stripes. I don't. I, who's that? He's a he's a he's a. a You've never heard of Jack White Parker? <laughs> sorry. I, I have He's not. Like Let me really Google real quick. Guitarist. He was in the band called The White Stripes, another band called Dead Weather. It's alternative. It's alternative rocker. I okay. mean, he's really, he's like, it's considered one of the best living guitarists, like, up there in, like, the top 50 best living guitarists of all time. Jack White. Jack White. American singer, born John Anthony White, 
is an American singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer. He is best known as the lead singer and guitarist of the duo The White Stripes. White has enjoyed consistent, critical, and popular success. There you go. Except by me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe he will once you check him out. So you're an open-minded dude, and you're going to check him out, right? I'm going to have to do that. And, of course, the chat room is going ablaze on your side. Jack White is awesome. Love Jack White. So, obviously, I'm behind. Yeah, you're missing out. Check it out. That's too and then we have a Shaky Knees concert this weekend. See, I wouldn't get the Shaky Knees in in in, uh, in Satellite Beach. So it's things like that that, you know, I like. You know, it's a three-day festival this weekend. I'm not going the whole time, but Nine Inch Nails is playing Saturday night, and I want to check that out too. So. All right. And a band called Emil and the Sniffers from, from uh, Australia that was like a punk band. It's really, really good. Okay. So I have done international music. I have watched the Celtic Woman, who actually went to a a performance in in Palm Beach with them. But of course, That's I cool. I like to spread it around. I do my country, and I do home free. I do uh, pentatonics. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I was I just like everything. I'm open minded. I like all music. Just before you were on, I had the um, the Keith Urban station on there the uh, on the iPad there bumping. He's got good taste in women. <laughs> I don't listen for that. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just making an observation. Yes, good taste in women, Keith yeah. Urban. All right. Um, so you don't get back much. Um, but you. Well, my mom doesn't live there anymore. I don't have, you know. That well, can't be the only me. reason you go back home. Well, well, I mean, if there's no place to go, I mean, it's home. But, I mean, a lot of times people go home to see their parents, you know, or a parent. That is I true. We're all getting older and a lot of us don't have even have parents anymore. I feel very lucky that my mom is still alive, but you know, that was the big driver. Now I, now I usually go down to, to Sanford cause that's where Lucy is. So if I'm down there, that's where I go. Okay. Well, and listen, I, I, I poke fun, but listen, I'm just as guilty because the only reason I went back is my mom still lives in Melbourne. There you go. See, so <laughs> I went, I went many years. I went many, many years without uh, pop. I, of course I dropped off the grid completely. So I would say from 92 to 2013, I was out. Yeah. I was Yeah, well, I lived out west up then, too, so I did not get down that often. I was out in Colorado for almost 10 years and in Dallas and in Kansas City. So I didn't move to Atlanta until 2003. And one of the reasons I came back is I wanted to be close to my parents at the time, but not too close. And, um, you know, this worked out well and I've reconnected with all, you know, a lot of people and, and people from college too, that I lost touch with. So that's great. Yeah. Well, let me do this real quick. This is a, a poor transition, but you spoke about parents. And one of the reasons that I have had so few shows since the beginning of the year and those that have been listening to the show have heard that my mom got diagnosed with multiple myeloma earlier this year. So we were kind of a little shaky at the beginning of the year as to what that meant. And it was her third and still is her third bout with cancer. She survived the previous two. This one is in the bone marrow. So we weren't quite sure what that meant. It's, it's a little tricky because most of the time people get that when they're younger. So the doctors were kind of in experimental territory with her. I can tell you that she is doing well. She okay. is 
uh, possibly going to be going into maintenance uh, in the next month. So she was on a regimen of weekly chemo and dialysis three days a week. So hopefully she'll be coming. I don't know if she'll be coming off uh, off of all of that, but uh, it should be should be much better here very very soon. Well, that's good news, Marvin. Sorry to hear that about your. That mom. is okay. And Elise asked, "Where is she getting treated?" She is at Holmes Regional, where she worked for oh so many years, and so of course the people know her, love her, and are taking really good care of her. And I think if she was anywhere else. Not to say that other hospitals aren't good, but I think one when people know you, they try to make sure uh, to take good care of you. So thank you for that, for those people. All thank right. You. Let's see here. We talked about uh, our visit already. We talked about what you're doing now. And we talked <laughs> <Okay>. about... <laughs> and I'm happy <laughs> to be doing it. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. So we're at the age where, you know, one of the reasons I did this podcast that I started, it was because I started to realize that, you know, life is short. And being able to look back and not only reminisce, but get back in touch with people that you really should have stayed in touch with, looking back at things you should have done as a family. Uh, COVID was the perfect time to do that because we were all kind of cooped up at home anyway. And doing this was a, a way to reach out to people. But I can tell you this, I am not in a position where, you know, I have a lot of time to visit with people. And, you know, we made time these first few months because of my mom. So, you know, going back and forth, I'm two and a half hours away. So it's not easy. Um, I'm splitting weekends with my sister that lives down here, and she has to make that drive with her two sons. We do have a sister that lives very close in Palm Bay. She is probably doing the grunt work, you know, most of the work up there, and, you know, we need to thank her and stuff. But, you know, when you have time like you do, uh, you know, you're spending time with your mom and stuff, what's it like, you know, to to have that time and to – cherish it and and all of that stuff. How does that feel? Well, you know, it's weird because I, you know, I lost my job unexpectedly. So, you know, sometimes when you think you're you're going to retire, you kind of start making a plan and you're like, I'm going to do all my hobby, you know, I'm going to get it, you know, but I, I kind of got jolted out of it. And, you know, I didn't jump back in and get another job right away because I, I wasn't staying at home. I was out in public working and I wasn't, you know, wanting to get back out into the COVID world right away. And I thought I'd wait, I'd wait. And, and the more time I've taken away from it, I've just realized like, man, I worked, you know, in my twenties, I worked 60, 70 hours a week, you know, and up through, you know, so I lost my job. I was still working 50, you know, hours plus a week. I've got a nine year old at home and it's the best thing that ever happened to me losing that job. You know, I've realized I've got to spend more reconnected with my daughter in different ways. The time I've gotten to spend with my mom, you know, but what's funny is you, you think like, Oh, I'm going to catch up on these TV shows and I'm going to read all these books. And, <laughs> and it's not like that at all because, you know, since I'm not working, my wife expects me to do everything at home. 
<laughs> so I feel like, and she's working upstairs in the house. So I feel like if I'm not like doing something to clean the house or organize the house, I'm going to get in trouble. So I'm doing a lot of that, a lot of house projects. I started playing tennis again though. So that's cool okay. because I tore my rotator cuff in my late thirties and I, you know, I stopped playing and uh, I'm just doing that for fun and uh, I'm getting ready. I've done some volunteer work. I'm going to do more. I'm going to start trying to get involved in the food bank and, and I am going to talk to somebody this week about a, a part-time job with uh, flexible type hours. And I do miss being out in the public though, around people. I do miss talking to people that aren't my family <laughs> directly. <laughs> so, oh, so, that you, part's, so you were waiting that part's for this up. here. You were waiting for oh, an yeah, opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I mean, I was around people all the time, you know, so it's been kind of weird. It's, it's felt a little, it's probably like what I'm, a little bit what I'm going through is what everybody else was going through at the beginning of the pandemic. But I wasn't, I wasn't doing that because I was, I was working still. I was out there working still. So now I'm kind of going through a little bit of that because all my friends are at work and I'm kind of at home and I'm not, um, you know, but now the concerts have kind of started back up. So doing that, but then I feel weird about spending money because I'm not working, so that, that that's kind of strange, but, you know, I'm just trying to take it one day at a time and be thankful that my mom, you know, a couple years ago, my mom was in ICU for a couple of weeks. We thought we were going to lose her, and and we didn't, you know, and she's here, so I'm just, you know, trying to cherish the time with her, though she has made me her, you know what, her personal assistant, which is a little, really, it's very time-consuming, honestly, dealing with my mom. <laughs> That's been a surprising thing, but um, but it's a good thing. I'm not complaining. It's a good thing. Yeah. Well, good to hear that uh, you're staying close. And yeah, my sister is going through that where mom is is uh, putting a little more. What's the nice word? Demands on her <laughs> in yeah. terms of yeah. You gotta be here. Ellen, you gotta come do I this. this. I need that. Mm-hmm. I need this, and I need it in five minutes, please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's only ten minutes away, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Ellen, I uh, promised you that it wouldn't keep you long. So I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye here and let you get off the show. I'm going to continue on and talk about my trip to St. Louis. But Ellen, I promised you that I would stay in touch. And this is one way to do it. I promise it won't always be by video. Fantastic. All right. I'd like to see you, though. All right. I'll be there. Hey, I'm going. I'll be back up there again. All right. Good. All right. Take care, honey. See you. All right. All right, so that, folks, Ellen Aiken from the glory days of Delora and Satellite. So I want to take this time right now, and for those of you that heard my last show, heard me talk about my good friend Amy Coons, I just want to quickly share that after I did that show, we went up to Chicago. I said St. Louis for another reason, but Amy's is in Chicago. Uh, St. Louis is where we also had to go. Uh, Those of you that do not know, my wife, Kim, has a very big and extended family. And one of her close family friends that came down and visited us literally two weeks before this incident where he suddenly passed away. So we had to go to St. Louis for that funeral. And before that, I had to go up to Chicago for my friend Amy's funeral, and if you if you want to hear what Amy Coons meant to me, go back and listen to the previous episode that I did back in March. Uh, Amy was somebody that 
was pretty close to me in college and after and is for the most part responsible for me starting my business as she helped me with money in the beginning and encouragement and other things. And so that was just um, something that I had to do and to go up and, and be there. I do want to acknowledge that also um, there at the time was uh, these people here. And on the screen, if you are watching live, you will see Aaron Schosser, Carla Condleton, and Alan Stafford. And this is the four of us the day after the Celebration of Life, which was held at Brookfield Zoo, which is where Amy worked. And Amy was, you know, I used to say that she was in charge of the place, but I found out that she really wasn't. But Amy was so inspirational there, such a force there, that we got to hear from a lot of the other keepers and hear about the impact that she had on their lives and in very simple, simple tasks in very meaningful ways. You know, if Amy saw that something needed to be done, she did it. When it came to the animals, she had the ability to put herself in the mindset of the animals that she was working with, and she probably had a connection with those animals better than most of us have with our friends, our family. Um, it's hard to explain that. We weren't there with her all the time, but we did talk to her. Uh, Aaron and Alan and Carla were, were very close to her. I was quite surprised that after the, the celebration, her dad asked that I come to their house, and the four of us sat around and chatted, and he talked to us like he knew us. And I had never met her father in person, so that was... That was, uh, I don't know the exact word for it, uh, surreal, uh, to hear him talk about me and the stories that Amy would tell him as if he had known me his whole life. So I wanted to say thank you to, to Aaron and Alan and Carla for being there and uh, having a great time there. I am going to end off the show here with this poem. Again, if you are watching live or on the replay, this is a poem that was hanging in Amy's uh, house there called The Art of Giving by Kent Nurburn. And it simply reads, Remember to be gentle with yourself and others. We are all children of chance, and none can say why some fields will blossom and others lay down beneath the August sun. Care for those around you, Look past your differences. Their dreams are no less than yours. Their choices in life are no more easily made. And give. Give in any way you can of whatever you possess. To give is to love. To withhold is to wither. Care less for your harvest than how it is shared. And your life will have meaning. And your heart will have peace. That is going to do it, folks, for this episode. Be, uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as we start to add more things. We're going to be talking about living healthy and being happy. 
and some other interesting things. This episode and many, many more will be in honor and memory of my good friend, Amy Coons. That's it for tonight. Until next time, holla. Thank <laughs> you.